Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. You know, sometimes you, you get something that's stirring in you, and unless you say it or speak it out or do whatever it is God wants you to do, uh, you know, it just stay, it sticks in your craw, you might say. So I just wanted to, I wanted to read this scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 30. And it's, it's, a, it's the account of when Samuel, uh, when David went to fight with the Philistines. When David was hiding from Saul uh, and with the Philistines, and the Philistines went out to, to, uh, to fight the Israelites, and David went with them. And the commanders of the Philistines didn't like it. He said, we, we don't want this Israeli guy with us because he might turn against us in order to try to find favor with Saul. So send him home. So they sent him home, and uh, oh, okay. They sent him home to this place called. I couldn't find it. Here it is, and uh, it says, "When David and his men came to the city, back to Ziklag, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive, and David and the people who were with him lifted up their voice and wept." until there was no, no strength in them to weep. Now David's two wives had been taken captive, Ahinoam the Jezreelite, and Abigail the widow of Nebel the Carmelite. Moreover, David was greatly distressed, because the people spoke of stoning him, for all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And I just, that scripture kept rolling, and I thought, to me, it's like what a blessing it is that we can go somewhere, not physically, but in the spirit. We can go somewhere and find comfort and find strength and find grace and find mercy and find peace when we're discouraged, when we're bummed out, when things are not going well, when, when the weight of the world is waiting on us. I mean, here's a guy, he goes off to fight and he comes back and everything's gone. I mean, there's nothing but smoldering ruins. His wife's gone. His kids are gone. Forget, forget the cars and the TVs and the video, whatever is there. I mean, everything else is burned up, but his, his family, he's lost everything. And, they, and the Bible says they wept. I mean, it, it just, they, they were so uh, taken. They just wept until there was no more strength in them. And then the guys that were with them got mad. And they said, we're going to stone them, you know. And uh, I don't know. It's one thing for people to get mad at you, but they to pick up stones and start throwing them. And what? But what did David do? Instead of getting mad at God, instead of just getting all depressed and and trying to have whatever he, but he went he went to the source. And that's why that song that we sang at the beginning. If you were here, uh, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone. to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain, and the mountain stands by me. When all, when all the earth is sinking sand, on Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. And that, you know, I just felt, thank God there's a place we can go to in God. We can, we can run to and receive the strength that we need to go through whatever it is the world has thrown at us. So I just, I just, 
I just praise God. Father, I just praise you and I thank you that there is a place where we can run, a place of safety, a place of refuge, a place where we can go and find you, Lord, and find your spirit and find encouragement and find peace and strength in the midst of storms, in the midst of trials, that you're with us, Lord. You never leave us or forsake us. No matter where we are, we can run to this place. And I thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Okay, now... I've got a bunch of notes, and I've been struggling all morning and all last night trying to figure out where to start. It's like, God, how do I get, how do I get into this? So I'm just going to kind of dive into it. And uh, I'm, so if it seems a little discombobulated, uh, bear with me. But I've got, so, I've, I've got so much I feel like I just want to just blah, just give it all out. But uh, I want to start, I guess. Uh, God, help me. Where do I start? Jesus, I, I praise you, Lord. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for teaching us, Lord, for revealing it to us, the truth in the word of God, that we might live victorious in this world. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, okay, we'll start in Mark's gospel. Mark chapter 1. I, I want to talk to you today about the realm of the, the spirit world, the spiritual world. There's a, there's a world out there that you can't see and I can't see. And it affects us. And if we, we, I know you know that, but sometimes we need to be reminded. There's, there's a spiritual world out there, and there's some good and there's some evil. And I don't want to talk about it. I'm not giving glory to the devil, but we have to understand there is a devil. I remember, you know, when, 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 my, wife, when my wife got saved, and I finally got saved, I, I don't know where it was, but one day we were driving somewhere in the car, and she said to me, did they teach you about the devil in the Catholic Church? And I thought, or do you believe in the devil? And I thought, yeah, I, I guess I do. Yeah, I believe it. She said, they never, they never talked about that in a Lutheran church. My wife grew up Lutheran. She said, I, they never told me that the devil was real. But the devil's real. He really is. And, uh, and he can affect people. Uh, there's, I just, there's about eight different ways I want to go right now, but I'll... I'll Try to be calm. Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. Verse 21. They went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and began to teach. And they were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The devil knew who Jesus was before anybody else. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet, and come out of him. And throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. And they were amazed, so that they debated among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately the news about him, or the King James says his fame, spread everywhere and into the surrounding districts of Galilee. What was one of the major... Uh, Activities of Jesus as he ministered on the earth. 
He preached, he taught, he healed people, and he cast out demons. Those are basically, and today, people's opinions of demons are, oh, that's just superstition. You don't believe in the devil, do you? I say, yeah, I absolutely do, because I know he's real, and we've had encounters with him. And thank God, in Jesus' name, we have authority over him. So you don't have to fear him, but yet you do have to respect him because he is, he is a powerful and a, and a cunning being. Jesus, turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. But this, this is what Jesus began to be known for, for casting out demons out of people. There's a spiritual kingdom out there that God, and that's uh, a good side. There's God, there's angels, there's seraphim, there's cherubim. There's a, there's a good, there's a, God has a kingdom. And we understand that because he taught, the Lord taught us to pray. Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, what? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So we've been praying that most of our lives for those of us who grew up in church. We've been praying the Lord's prayers. We understand that God has a kingdom. But do we know that Satan has a kingdom? And in that kingdom, he's out to destroy, to, st to steal, to kill, and to destroy mankind, to hurt people, to just screw up their lives every way he can. And we need to understand that. We need to exercise our authority that God has given us over him. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 22. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus, and he healed him so that the mute man spoke and saw. And all the crowds were amazed, saying, This man cannot be the son of David, can he? But the Pharisees heard this. When the Pharisees heard this, they said, This man casts out demons only by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. And knowing their, knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and any city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? But if I by Beelzebub cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? For this reason they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So he talks about two kingdoms. He says they, Jesus, Jesus healed a man who was deaf and dumb. He couldn't speak and he couldn't hear. And when he did, they, they, the Pharisees were jealous. They were jealous of his ministry. And they started accusing him. They tried to uh, dis... What's the word I'm looking for? To make his ministry invalid. And they said he cast out demons by the Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. And Jesus said, no, that's not true. But he talks about the, Satan, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. There's two kingdoms. And the unfortunate, the unfortunate error that, that has been made in Scripture is that in verse 22, it says, it says a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, was brought to Jesus. There's many times in the scriptures, 
And this will, help, this will help clear something up, I hope, for some people. There's many times in the scriptures where the, the Greek word, it's a, very, it's a long one, diamonazome. But this, this Greek word is translated in scripture, demon-possessed. And it does not mean that a person is totally demon-possessed. It, it means they are demonized. In other words, some aspect of their personality, some aspect of their character is controlled or is influenced by demonic, by demonic influence. It doesn't mean they're totally demon-possessed. So that's why people get so upset when you, when you try to tell them that what, what the problem they have in their life might be uh, have, having demonic influence. They get all mad and they say, what, you trying to tell me I'm demon-possessed? No, it's not that you are demon-possessed, but you have to understand, man is a triune being. You understand? He's spirit, soul, and body. Now, if you're a Christian, you, you cannot be demon-possessed and be a Christian at the same time. So you can't, you, if you're a Christian, you're not demon-possessed, but some aspect of your soul or your emotions or your physical body. Right here we saw a man who had physical ailments. He couldn't hear and he couldn't speak, but it wasn't so much physical as spiritual. What, what healed him? Casting the demons out healed him. And when you, sometimes people have a, a physical thing or an emotional thing, for example, depression. I had a neighbor of mine one time. He came, he came, we were talking, and I, and I said, how's your wife? Because I knew she wasn't, wasn't doing well. And he said, well, she has struggled with depression for 20 years. Now, as far as I know, he's not saved. He's not a saved man. And I, and I, and I just felt an unction, and I kind of stepped out in faith. And I said, well, can I say something? I said, you may think I'm a little crazy, but uh, depression, uh, just listen to what I'm saying. I said, depression is a spirit. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, put on the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. The depression is like a cloud that comes over people. It just makes them totally uh, immobile. You can't do, you have no motivation to do anything, to go anywhere. So, you know, you just become a, like, a, uh, like a lump. And I said, it's, it's a, it doesn't, I said, it doesn't mean you, your wife is demon-possessed, but it means that a part of her, a part of her is being influenced by this, this heaviness, this weight, and she can be delivered from that. Well, he still talks to me, but he, he never asked me to pray for his wife. I said, if you want me to pray for, for her, I'll be glad to. And, but he just, I, well, things are still the way they are. But that, that's what you have to understand. We are, we are triune beings. And an aspect of your personality can be influenced by demonic. Fear, suicide. Anorexia, bulimia. I believe, I know I, I could probably get in trouble for saying this, but I believe all uh, homosexuality is a perverse spirit. It's a perverse sexual spirit that got a hold of somebody, a man or a woman, to cause them to be that way. We've seen, we've, and, a, and here's, here's another issue. People get so upset when you try to tell them that a Christian might have an aspect of their personality that's, that's controlled or influenced by the devil. Years ago, well, wait a minute, I gotta wet my whistle. Several years ago, we had a subscription to a magazine called Charisma. There was a, uh, 
it was a Christian magazine uh, that leaned toward the, the Pentecostal charismatic uh, Christians. And there was an article in there one time by a pastor about the fact that a Christian can be influenced by a demon. And boy, you should have seen the letters to the editor the next month. It's like, wow, you know, here they, you know, and I thought, you want to see demon, you want to see demonic manifestation? Write an article that says a Christian can't have a demon, and boy, the manifestation is like, wow, they come out of the woodwork. But here's, this, well, here's what he wrote in the article. He said, you know, I grew up, I grew up having, being told, I grew up being told by my pastor, by everybody I knew, that a Christian can't have a demon. But the problem is, when I became a pastor, I kept running into Christians that had demonic influence in their life. It's like it, it didn't jive with what I was being told. And so I, I started praying over them, deliverance prayers, and they got set free. And, and that just goes against the, so many, what so many people believe about a Christian. But a Christian can't be demon. I'll say it again. A Christian cannot be demon-possessed, but he can be influenced by demons. Can I show you a testimony? We've seen my wife. I'll, I'll share a testimony from my wife. When she, she, for a year and a half after she was saved, she kept, she said, thank you. She was a smoker. I was a smoker. We were smokers. And uh, she, she, wanted, she knew that God didn't want her to smoke. So for a year and a half, she said, God, I, Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross 2,000 years ago to deliver me from these cigarettes. She said that for a year and a half. And God arranged us for her, her, we were going to a little Methodist church in Mexico Beach, Florida, and the pastor was a lay a lay minister. And one Sunday, he called everybody down front for prayer, and had him kneel at the altar. And while my wife was there praying, he 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 started speaking in tongues. He came over, he laid hands on her. Am I telling it right? He laid hands on her, and she said, "I felt." Now she'd been saved, spirit filled, tongue talking Christian for a year and a half. She said, "I felt two spirits leave my body." Nicotine and addiction. Now, was she a bad person? No. Was she evil? No. Was she corrupt? No. She was a wonderful wife and a mother, but she still had this, this addictive influence in her life. I believe all addictions are, are demonically inspired, and that could be an addiction to anything. Food, chocolate, the Internet, social, social, uh, what do you call it, social... Social media, social media. Every addiction, depression, suicide, these are all, it doesn't mean you're evil, but it means that this, whenever you feel compelled, whenever you feel pushed to do something, you've got to say no in Jesus. And you can pray over yourself. You don't, you don't have to have somebody pray for you. You can pray over yourself if you feel like there's some area of your life that's demonically uh, influenced. I remember one time I was listening to a tape by Derek Prince years ago. Listening to a tape by Derek Prince. It was called Deliverance for Children, but it was a message on, on deliverance, and I, I had my cassette player, and I was listening to it. At the end, he, started, he said, I'm going to pray a prayer. And, uh, and he said, pray this. And so I started praying because I felt like I was supposed to. And uh, I, I, knew, I knew there was something in my life that I needed, that needed to go. And I said, in Jesus' name, I command, I said this thing, I command this thing to go, and, and totally uh, uncontrolled, all of a sudden, <coughs> just this cough like that, 
And when I did, I felt, I just knew what that was. It's like that thing that I was praying about just left me in Jesus' name. So we have to understand there's some things in our life, things in the life of a Christian, that it will not be resolved unless deliverance is administered. It could be a physical thing. It doesn't mean that all physical ailments are demonic things. I'm not saying that. And, uh, but, there, but anger issues, depression, fear, things like that. Now, it doesn't mean that if you feel fearful for about one thing or something that you, that you need deliverance. But I'm talking about someone who's continually fearful or continually angry or continually jealous or continually, you know, all those, what you find, when you look at your life, you say, yes, that's, I have this character flaw, and it could be demonic, so I'm going to pray about it and ask God, and see if God shows me something in my life. We've seen, we've seen so many examples over the years of people that have been totally set free from different things, because, because you pray deliverance over them and take authority over evil spirits in their life. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. I remember this is, there was a, when, years ago we had a church in the Capitol Theater, and there was a woman that was coming, and uh, she, was, she was a new Christian, but uh, she kept coming down for prayer after church on Sunday because she sensed that there was different things in her life that need to be corrected. And I remember every time we started praying for her, she'd start whacking you, remember? <laughs> she, we'd start praying for her, and we'd say, in the name of Jesus, and she'd start just trying to whack you like this and we had to we had to have a couple ushers kind of hold her arms while we prayed but she got set free of a bunch of stuff and and uh, and, and still walking with the Lord today so it was we always every time she came it's like you had to put on your guard it's like oh here and I want I'd love to tell you the story of uh, a woman I'll call C just the letter C But that take too long. Maybe another time. But someone who was totally controlled by the devil grew up in a grew up in an extremely dysfunctional mother, and uh, was and had a, a spirit that would literally controlling her life. But it got broken in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, the devil the devil is not stronger than in the name of Jesus but he is wise and you have to respect him the P- Peter said that we, the apostle Peter wrote he said we have an enemy who's the devil who goes around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour so we have to, we have to be on the alert it says be on the alert watch out we don't have to be afraid of the devil but we have to be cautious you know in the winter time it's possible if you go out, you might slip and fall, but that doesn't keep you in the house all day. You go out and you're just careful. You're careful. You have to just be careful in Jesus' name. 
Ephesians chapter 6. In verse 10, the Apostle Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. The devil is a schemer. Put on the whole, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the, the schemes, the King James says, the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, powers, spiritual forces of wickedness, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. These spiritual forces, we have to be on guard for them. Listen, this, listen, this, is, how, this is how verse 12 reads in the, in the uh, Living Bible. I really like this. It, this is the Living Bible. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies, spiritual beings. We are not fighting. The evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world and against numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. So demons are persons without bodies. And they can influence a person's life. And how do they come in? They come in through any number of ways. But a, a traumatic event in your life, a, a tragic event in your life, uh, something, something happens. In being rejected as a child, being not loved, abuse, any, any kind of thing like that can result. It, it, it opens a door for the devil to come into someone's life and to cause their life to be, to be uh, distorted in some way. But God, but God, but Jesus on the cross. Hallelujah. He said in Matthew's gospel, all authority has been given to me. And he told, and in Mark's gospel, he said believers will cast the first thing. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. And these signs, the Bible says, these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, the first thing he said, they'll cast out devils. So it's a ministry in the church. We are his body on the earth today. And the body of Christ should be doing what the body, what the literal body of Christ did when he walked the earth. We should be preaching and teaching the truth. We should be healing the sick. We should be casting out devils for those who need deliverance. That's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4. He said the the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to, re- and to proclaim release, deliverance to the captives. So Jesus came to bring deliverance to the captives. And I'll tell you, it's the greatest thing. It's the most wonderful thing for people to find out that they can be set free from something that's bothered them maybe for years and years. I remember several years ago, Mount Zion, Mount Zion Ministries had, uh, who was that guy from Argentina? Mm-hmm. Alpha. 
They had somebody, who, who is it, Frank, from Argentina? Carlos Anacondia. He came, and he had, he had a man with him, uh, Paolo, Pablo or Paolo, and I remember he taught, uh, he taught one morning for like three hours on the fact that a Christian can be influenced, have a, have a demonic influence in their life. And uh, after three hours of teaching, I mean, I was already convinced before the teaching started, but after three hours of teaching, he said, does anybody have a, does anybody have a question? And somebody raised their hand, and, uh, and they said, and he said, yeah. He said, uh, how can a, I want to ask you, how can a Christian have a demon? He said, I just taught about that for three hours. But people, people have such a hard time with it. They, have, they, you know, they, don't, they almost don't want to. You know, here's, here's what we've found over the years. People are more than willing to come down for prayer if they're sick. It's like I have, I have a, 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 a pain in my knee or I have diabetes or I have arthritis or something and pray for me. They're more than willing to admit that they have something wrong physically, but people are so reluctant to admit that they might need deliverance. It's like it's some kind of a stigma. It's no stigma. It's, and a lot of times it's nothing you did. It's just something happened in your life and it, and, it, and it opened the door for this thing to come in. And it can happen when you're a child. It can happen in the womb. A baby can be rejected by their parents in the womb and be born with a spirit of rejection over their life that will affect them their whole life. Unless they're delivered. My wife, I don't mean to embarrass my wife, I really don't. But she grew up, she grew up, uh, her dad was an alcoholic. And there was a Christian friend of hers who came over the house one day and said, the Lord sent me over here and uh, I need to pray for you. And she started praying for my wife. And she said, the Lord just showed me something. She said, that you were conceived in a drunken rage. Her dad came home one night drunk and forced himself on, on his wife. And he said, and, she, and there was a spirit that was on my, on my wife because of that. And she prayed over my wife and what, what left? That's yeah, she forgave her father and, and was released from that. And she said, for the first time in my life, I felt myself stand up. Now, she wasn't hunched. She wasn't, wasn't noticeably hunched over, but she never really stood up straight. She said, for the first time in my life, I felt, I felt myself standing up straight. That thing had been delivered. Just like the woman in the Bible that Jesus ministered to that had a spirit of infirmity. She was all bent over. And Jesus delivered her from that spirit of infirmity. And she was straight. She stood up straight for the first time in her life. So this is real. The spiritual realm is real. Now, I was, it can affect you as a Christian. If there's anything in your life that's been hanging on for a long time, that you know, and it may not be something uh, evil. It could be something like me. I had, I was, I had a, a spirit of procrastination on me. I, I would always put things off and put things off. I, I don't know why I did it. I just did it. It was part of me. 
But I got to that's not what God wants of me. God doesn't want me to procrastinate, be putting things off and never get them done. You can have indifference, a spirit of indifference, a spirit of greed. Or, you know, somebody, somebody could have a, a, a spirit where they get up every morning, they put on a nice coat and tie or whatever, they go to work and all but their focus is, I got to make more money, I got to make more money, I got to make more money. And they're just being driven, driven, driven. And there's no peace. They just have to have more and more and more and more. And God, does God not want you to prosper? Sure he does. He doesn't want you to be driven to prosper in Jesus' name. So, I'll leave it at that for today. The spiritual realm is real. But God can set you free and will in Jesus' name. No matter what it is, the name of Jesus is the name above every name, the name to which every knee should bow, of things in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, in Jesus' name. So, Father, I thank you for the freedom that there is in Jesus, for deliverance in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, for your spirit to minister to people, to set them free from anything that might be plaguing them, hurting them, wounding them, driving them, in Jesus' name. Thank you for setting the captives free. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. I feel like this isn't, this isn't the only time we're going to... I want to take another, maybe another time and talk about how to, how to receive deliverance, how to get your deliverance from God. And some of the things that hinder deliverance. For example, like unforg- if you're in unforgiveness, you can't be in unforgiveness and get it, and you have to want to be delivered. God, God will not deliver you from your friends, someone once said. If it's, if it's something you want, if it's not something you want to give up, you, you, you won't be delivered. But you have to want to be delivered. But if you are, you will be in Jesus' name. I tell you, it's the greatest thing. I love seeing God, God's people be set free and be in Jesus' name. We're going to receive the offering this morning. Thank you. Hallelujah. Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whatever Jesus did when he was on the earth 2,000 years ago is the same that he's doing today in his church and through his church. Saving, healing, delivering, setting people free. And we praise you, we thank you for it, Lord. And I thank you for this offering this morning, Lord. I ask you to bless every person, provide for them, watch over them and keep them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times, 
and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.